minutes. Welcome to Tuesday's version of the Fontenelle Final Bell. I'm Shaley Peters filling in today for Susan Littlefield. She is traveling down to the Commodity Classic taking place, and we'll check in with her throughout the week from there. But we can catch up today with Mike Zuzalo, Global Commodity Analytics. And, Mike, a day of trading. That wheat is really uh, a kind of a rough spot, dragging the others down. What did we see in Tuesday's session? You know, I think, Shaley, we found another round of what I think is mainly fund-led liquidation. And I think it's a speculative perception that we're losing demand. And I think you've got to ask yourself the question, is that perception reality? And I think, you know, when it comes to African swine fever, um, there is definitely some concern. And, and I share the concern about lost demand when it comes to the grain, but also the soy complex. And yet we see that the leaders to the downside have been the wheat and in the hogs. And it's pretty interesting because since... The February 8th weekly high, soft red wheat has lost 14% of its price as of the low just recently here in today's trade. That's about 75 cents, but 14% loss there. Hogs, since their uh, February 15th weekly high, have lost 13%. So you've got this amazing coordination between the wheat and the hogs pulling prices lower, pulling the rest of the ag complex lower. And I don't think the perception of lost demand uh, is as much a reality because these two are the leaders to the downside. When you have winter wheat acres at such a low level in the United States, you just received from the USDA winter wheat conditions that showed seven of the ten major states with worse conditions, good to excellent, versus November when we last took the poll. We also have a three-week low in the U.S. dollar, which typically helps the wheat market and helps the pork market because of the export side. And then lastly, you do have you know, the vice president of uh, vice premier of China coming out today saying that African swine fever is a grave situation. So it says to me that the supplies in hogs are actually still dropping pretty dramatically in China because they're calling these hogs and they're not supposed to be putting them into the livestock slaughter mix. For consumption. So when I look at it and balance everything out, like I try to do for clients and subscribers, this market is severely overdone to the downside when it comes to the wheat and the hogs. And I think once you have those two finding some support and some short covering, you'll have the corn and the beans back on it in terms of trying to put some premium back in the price. Now, you bring up China, Mike. Of course, that's a story we've been following for a long time. But most recently here, there have been some talks going on. China looks maybe some positive news there. And you mentioned looking to find a low and maybe the wheat and hogs. Is that playing into it as well? Yeah, I think that's a great point because, you know, what we're talking about when it comes to soybeans as of last Friday's close was 10 million tons of committed additional uh, bushels or tonnage of soybean purchases by China. Shaley, that's 367 million bushels of additional demand. So I think it's pretty safe to say we're not pricing that into the trade right now. We're probably pricing it in from a standpoint of keeping sellers out of the market just because that news is out there looming and that possibility out there looming. But are we really seeing the market go sharply higher because we could shave 367 million bushels off the soybeans? No, not at all. In fact, it would be probably more likely that the soybeans would be moving the whole market higher along with the meal if we heard 
something like that in a normal market. So I, again, I go back to this fund rebalancing and this perception that when markets go sharply lower, uh, demand is being sought out, additional demands being sought out in the market perception because they think we have excessive supply. And what we really, I think, are probably going towards is a market that we need to ration demand on tighter supplies. And that, I think, should come before planting. Uh, but again, would say the wheat and the hogs are our best barometer. Now, Mike, you mentioned earlier crop progress. Kind of hard to believe we're already getting started with that. But that leads us into looking towards the spring and some of this weather. Hard to think about warmer temperatures right now. But where is that coming into play? What have we got to keep in mind uh, as Planting 2019 really is right around the corner. Yeah, you're right. Private estimates, private forecasts right now are really not willing to jump out. And uh, as far as forecasting the spring, Shaley, right now, they're not really willing to forecast too much far in the advance, even into March. I think that will change in another two or three days, maybe four or five days. I think you're getting to a point where the private forecasts will start coming out pretty readily and pretty regularly when it comes to what the spring looks like. Right now on the maps that I follow without the help of the people I pay for, um, it suggests that while we may see a little bit of a drier turn in the uh, in the month of March for the middle part of the country, uh, it's probably not going to warm up hardly at all. And in fact, the central part of the country are looking at 20 to 30 degrees below normal temperatures uh, as early as this coming week, and, and it could last all the way into the middle of March based upon the latest maps that push out, you know, about 30 or 45 days. So I think you're probably getting to a situation uh, where the market is going to have to start looking at that bean-corn ratio where the November beans being 2.4 times the price of December corn, that's a premium, that's too much. And I think that's probably where the funds um, are pricing in a little bit more of the good news about China, and i.e. through the spreads, but not in the flat price. So I would be looking for the Deese corn probably to find some pretty significant support. Um, if we drop below today's low of 395, I think around that 389, 388 level is pretty solid support at this stage of the game, especially if we don't have negativity once March goes into delivery here at the end of the week. Mike, uh, somebody wanting to catch up with you outside of the Fontenelle Final Bell, where do we send them? Best place to go is the website to sign up for a trial, globalanalytics.biz, or call in the toll-free number after the close at 866-471-2588. You're listening to Tuesday's edition of the Fontenelle Final Bell. Again, hearing from Mike Zuzalo, that number to reach him at one more time, 866-471-2588. You're listening to the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Well, welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell. We're into a Tuesday edition visiting with Mike Zuzalo, Global Commodity Analytics. And Mike talked about those grains and some of what we saw in Tuesday's trade with them. Let's shift over to our livestock now. And you did touch on the hogs a little bit, which saw a turnaround today from yesterday's losses. Let's take a look at cattle, though. More green on the screen for them. Yeah, and in fact, April cattle hitting darn near 130, 100 weight best level since March of last year. I think, Shaley, you're really in a zone here of wanting to get hedges in place, whether you're talking about April, which I'm full up in after going above 128, uh, 127, 128 in April. And I've even started to get into the June side of the equation about a dollar and a half, two dollars lower than where we're at right now. And I'm 
Yeah, I'm of the opinion that we've got such a premium in these fat cattle markets because, in part, the funds have been hitting the hogs so badly that you've got the cattle hog spread hitting almost a five-year high at this stage where you're hitting 75 to $76 premium in lead month fat cattle futures versus lead month hogs. So I think you're really in a red zone for getting hedges in place in the fat cattle. And I would also say look at your corn prices very, very closely, not necessarily your cash corn prices unless you still have a very wide basis in your location. But I just want to call to everybody's attention that the Gulf price of corn right now at the Gulf of Mexico is almost $4.30 a bushel. That compares to a March futures price of three sixty-six. That's a $0.62 cent premium in the Gulf price right as we see the March contract get ready to go into delivery. So if you're needing spring and summer corn needs uh, on the on your uh, ranch or in your backgrounding operation, your feedlot operation, I think it may be a really good idea to get some futures locked in, either via bulk calls or outright futures uh, in this next 10-day window. Because the last time we had this big of a spread between the futures being this discount to the golf price uh, in the cash market was May of last year. So you've got a March of last year high in fat cattle. You've got a cash corn price at the Gulf, the best since May of last year against lead month futures. These kind of things and opportunities don't come around very often, if you ask me. Now, one of the things I know you wanted to take a look at was the livestock data in terms of supply and demand, Mike. And you talk about building a big premium here in our fat cattle. Yeah, and I think that's in reference to the cash market and what the demand side, the consumption side can bear, what it can take right now. I think we've had a really tough season on the retail side for the pork. I don't think it got the featuring space that it needed. Um, that certain cuts, especially the loins, I think, have been way too high priced, meaning 25, 30 cents a pound, too high priced at the grocery stores. And I think packers are probably, and, and retailers are probably going to start to shift that around, especially as we get closer to Lent and we prepare for that Easter seasonal and that ham buying seasonal. So I think you want to work that into your mindset as well, especially if you have profitable levels here in April fats against the feeders you bought several months back. Now we touched on hogs uh, in that first session. Let's circle back around to them. We did see some green on the screen today, but coming off a pretty rough day yesterday. Yeah, I think we have some fund rebalancing and a fund perception of demand destruction, probably because of African swine fever. I think that's the only thing that really explains why the wheat and the hogs have let us lower. Um, we're getting to price levels, though, that both are so undervalued when it comes to supply-demand, even looking at USDA's Agricultural Outlook Forum numbers, which were fresh off the press last Thursday and Friday. I can say that, in my opinion, supply-demand fundamentals are much better for the wheat and for the hogs than what the market is suggesting right now. So I want to say that by the time we get into delivery for the futures and we close out this month of February, we should have some lows carved out when it comes to the funds needing to do what they need to get done. At this point, at the end of the week, we should be there. Absolutely. So we'll wind down here on our Fontenelle final bell. Uh, talk to us a little bit more about maybe recap that grain trading today, our livestock trading, and maybe what we can look forward to this week. Yeah, as I said in the top, we, we've lost 13% since mid-February. Now, the good news is it looks like on the daily chart, on the April especially, and even on the weekly chart, if you can close above 56.60 in lead month futures, you probably have a low carved out from a technician standpoint. Well, 
today's high was around 56.45 or so. So we're really close to trying to put, I think, a technical daily low in place. And then we'll see what kind of short covering that brings us, Shaley. I think it's really, really key right now to think about the Chinese and Asian pork market. Maybe we are losing some consumption over there because of the disease and, and consumers worried about the disease in their meat. But I just don't think there is a substitute out there as big as that pork market is in Asia, especially in China, uh, for a substitute to come in and take over that uh, that pork demand. So I would say once we see these Chinese pig prices start to go higher, if we have a good uh, relationship, an improving relationship with North Korea, I think that opens our door with China and our trade negotiations to get smoother and smoother. So I'm still optimistic that we can take pork into the Asian rim as we get deeper into 2019 calendar year. All right. Thanks so much, Mike. Our guest today on the Fontenelle Final Bell brought to you by all of our Fontenelle dealers. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.